Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 2222 of the podcast. Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. My name is Jordan Lorenz, and I am back. Missed last week. Drew had to do a little solo duty, as we like to say. Held down the fort very, very well. I thanked you on the Summer Sports Spectacular. But for those who didn't listen to that, I just wanted to thank you once again, sir. You did a very, very good job. And now you're back. Color commentator, as we like to say, how does it feel to be back? Normal episode of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. It feels great, Jordan. I mean, yeah, it was kind of weird with you being gone. I had to take it, take over the fort, like you said, hold it down. And now I'm going to be gone. So it looks like you might be holding down the fort for a week as well. I don't know what we're going to do next week yet, but we're going to figure it out. There will indeed be episode 23 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. Maybe I'll get Michael Jordan on for episode 23. You think that's possible? I think Michael Jordan would work. Maybe a guy like Rowdy Telez. That would be a big one. I could get Rowdy on. I've got connections. But, yeah, I wouldn't expect that at all. Maybe me solo next week. Maybe we'll have an interview. I don't know. We're going to figure it out. We will have episode 23 right here next week on the podcast. But first, episode 22, what do we got coming up today? Well, we got a lot of brewers to talk about big COVID IL that a lot of players are going on, which is not good. The world seems to be regressing once again. Going to talk about the Cubs a little bit, how they traded away all of their good players because the Brewers and Cubs have an upcoming series this week. We're going to talk some high school basketball, a little realignment going on. We got some things to mention there. And then NBA, wild free agency to start, people moving everywhere. We'll talk all about it on the podcast this week. Now, just wanted to say my first article on Wisconsin Sports Heroics has been posted. Thank you. Thank you. I am doing a two-part series looking at how Aaron Rodgers does after his MVP season. So he won MVP last season, as we know. So it's basically just a preview of what to expect this year. My first one that is up, I looked at 2012 season for Aaron Rodgers. His first MVP award was in 2011. So with that, I looked at the 2012 season to see how his numbers did from year to year. The next one will be coming up very, very soon. And that's all I got for that. Anything you wanted to add, sir? Well, yeah. I mean, Jordan, I read the article. It was it was some good stuff. His article link will be in the description of this podcast. So if you want to wow. check it out, go give him go give him a view. Go read that article. Let him know how he did. But I hate to toot my own horn, but I kind of uh showed him the spot that was open. But uh hey, some good stuff by Jordan hey. Reds. Yes, got to give credit where credit's due. If it wasn't for you showing me the tweet, I went to known. So, hey, Drew Skyberg hooking me up with that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And we got to thank our fans. Our YouTube numbers are still stuck at 23. Our Apple Podcast numbers are still stuck at 27, I believe. But thank you for the Instagram follows. And Fantasy Football, thank you for joining that, guys. We still have some spots open. Seven spots, I believe, open. But if we can't get to 16, not the end of the world. We'll shoot for a 12-team league or something like that. We just want it as big as possible to get everyone in. And do we have a draft date set? Or are we going to like get everyone together and figure that out? So the plan right now is we're going to aim for that 12, 14, or 16-team goal. And then once we get there, we're going to kind of like post some stuff on our Instagram. So if you are not following us on Instagram, I highly recommend it because that's kind of how we're going to spread the, the date and all that good stuff. So go follow us there. And yeah, so we're going to wait to plan after we have all of everyone in. 
very smart. I know there's just like a tentative date in there right now, but just wanted to see. We'll get it all sorted out. And please don't miss the draft because then we have to sit there and wait. And that's not going to be fun, especially if there's a lot of teams. So we can't wait for that coming up. I believe I shouted everything out, but shout out of the week, the big one, Drew's going to handle it this week. The shout out of the week goes to Peyton Dietrich from Valders High School, a graduate recently, and he's participating in the baseball all-star game. So Jordan, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but uh, they all gather at Near Science Group Field at the Fox City Stadium on Sunday, August 8th. Tim Rather Stadium, baby. That would be. There's a pair of all-star games for the region, and Peyton actually made the team. So he's on Team Black, and he will play Team Cardinal at noon. So there's a there's a good chunk of notable guys who, I mean, who are from this area on the team. So I'm going to read a few of their names. So, of course, yeah, Peyton Dietrich from Valders. He had a fantastic year at Valors as a senior for baseball, so bet over 400, so just well-deserving there. And then we have guys like, hold on, we got like Cameron Olson from New Holstein, Carter Sabani from Brilliant. So those are like guys local there. And then actually Team White, because there's another set of games at 2 o'clock, Team White plays at 2. And we got guys from Keel, from Lincoln, Jackson Schmitz of Lincoln, Travis Coleman of Keel, Brandon Stefani from Keel as well. And yeah, so those are local guys who have made the team. So congrats to all of them. But yeah, it'll be a great game. That's gonna that was yesterday then from when you're listening. So that game happened, those games happened, and congratulations to all those guys. Absolutely. There's two big things I took out of that. Number one, Travis Coleman, never forget when I announced Keel and Luther and he put up 42 points, I believe, hit like eight or nine threes. Dude went absolutely off. And number two, Team Cardinal, you said? Why Why aren't they calling it Team Red? What's with Cardinal? I don't know. Maybe they just want to be um, I don't, like different. <laughs> I don't know. That just stood out to me. Team Cardinal. I'm on Team Cardinal. Very interesting, especially knowing we're Brewers fans here, but hey, Cardinal as in the color, I guess. Whatever, let's move on. It's time for the stats of the week. That was weird for you doing that last week, wasn't it? Holding that S. It was weird, but I, I mentioned it was weird, and uh-huh. I, I, you got to hear the snake after, too, so I was like, ooh. Perfect combo there. Three stats this week, kind of a light stat week, honestly, not the best ones here, but we've got a few good ones and a fan-submitted one as well that Drew will end up reading. Anthony Rizzo, obviously we'll talk about him getting traded. He's the first player in Yankees history, which is huge, with an RBI in each of his first six games with the team. So Rizzo hit a ribby in his first six games as a Yankee, first player to do so in franchise history, and then the Giants. They trailed 4 nothing in a game against the Diamondbacks, but they came to win or came back to win 5-4. to four. And this game was huge because the Giants had lost exactly 800 consecutive games while trailing by four or more runs entering the ninth inning. So a big rally for the Giants, ending an 800-game streak there. And Team USA is the focus here in our final stat of the week. So... Shout out to Caden Youngbooth yet, yet again for another great stats submission here. And Team USA winning four in a row meant that Zach Levine has won four in a row for the first time since 
UCLA, his college days. So not the Timberwolves days, not the Chicago Bulls, but it took until the Olympics to get him four consecutive wins. And that's that's crazy. It just shows how during his play NBA playing career, he's been on poor teams, hasn't really been on, had some great talent around him, even though he's such a fantastic scorer. But yeah, that's that's quite the stat there. So yet again, we thank Katie Youngwood for this this stat. Who knew TikTok would be good for stats of the week, but I guess it is. And Zach Levine, poor guy, hasn't won four in a row in the NBA. That's crazy. Like, honestly, how hard can it be to win four games in a row? Zach Levine showing, it is very, very hard. So the date today, August 9th, 2021, on this day. Drew, I know you have the notes open. This first one here, I don't know if you've heard the story or not. Ty Cobb's mother who we've talked about Ty Cobb quite a bit on this podcast, you know, for all his baseball records and great things. On this day in 1905, Ty Cobb's mother kills her husband after mistaking him for a burglar. Have you heard this story? Never heard this story. This is some Mm. wacky trivia. Yeah, I have not heard this either. That is wild. In 1905, so 116 years ago on this day, Ty Cobb's mother killed her husband after mistaking him for a burglar. That is something I will definitely be reading into. What a wild, wild story. I don't know how you can live with yourself after that, but on this day in 1946, it is the first time that every MLB game is played at night. So in 1946, all eight home games, or not eight home games, but all eight games were played at night, which is kind of crazy because that's just what they do nowadays is play at night. On this day in 1963, Roger Craig from the Mets, his record of losing 18 straight games ends. Can you imagine being a pitcher losing 18 straight games? That would certainly be frustrating. I that that's nuts. That's and the crazy thing is he tied the record too. Yeah, <laughs> so, so that means someone else did the same thing and had 18 game losing streak. Unreal. I mean, I don't know if the man's not getting run support. I don't know if he's just that bad, but in 1963, finally, that streak came to an end. On this day in 1981, the 52nd All-Star Game, which I put this in here because that's very late for an All-Star Game. I don't know what happened in that season, but the NL won 5-4. to four. That game took place in Cleveland seven years later on this day in 1988, the first official night game at Wrigley Field. So I had another night game stat. I figured, why not put this one in there as well? Cub beat the Mets 6-4 to four in the first official night game there. On the stain, 2002, one year after I was born, San Francisco Giants outfielder Barry Bonds hit his 600th career home run in our final stat. Fits right in with the Olympics. On the stay in 2012, Usain Bolt wins the 200 meter at the London Olympics, 19 seconds, 19.32 seconds. And he's the first to win the 100-200 double in back-to-back Olympics. So Usain Bolt, what a god when it comes to track and running. Anything you want to mention on any of these, or are we moving on? Let's, let's get to our weekly sports talk, Jordan. We are going to start with high school. We mentioned that there was a little realignment, some playoff changes coming into the year. Men, boys and girls both Basically, in the same realm of things, I tweeted out a big thread right after these things took place, and we're just going to talk through a little bit of them here. So in Division One, Kakana, who is usually D2, they are now Division One, and all the three, I shouldn't say all, but the three schools moving up to Division One 
all came from Division II. Hortonville, 1,216 enrollment. Kakana, 1,208 enrollment. And Milwaukee Marshall, 1,262 enrollment. Those guys moving up. And then we got a little bit of a split in Division II. There's four teams from D3 moving up. And then there's three teams from D1 moving down. And it's crazy looking at the enrollment. 617, 600, 610, and 635. Those are the schools that went from D3 to D2. Going from D1 to D2, 1,158, 1,186, 1,153. So those are huge enrollments for D2 schools. And Oshkosh North is one of the big ones that's out there moving down to Division II. D3 had an even split of D2 teams moving down and D4 teams moving up. A lot of Milwaukee schools in their southern door is now D3. D4, this is one of the big ones for us. Falders has moved to Division 4. They've got 299 enrollment. They were D3. Moving down to D4 where you see a lot of teams. You know, you've got your Ron Collies, your Manitowoc Lutherans. They're all sitting pretty in D4. So let's talk about it here. Division 1. What are the Manitowoc Lincoln ships in for Division One? They find themselves in the sectional two finals. So they're in 2A. And Drew, let's scout their competition in 2A. Bayport, De Pere, Fond du Lac, Germantown, Green Bay, Easton Preble, Hartford Union, Homestead, Kakana, Marquette, who's the team that took them out in football in the playoffs, Menominee Falls, Milwaukee King, Milwaukee Marshall, Milwaukee Riverside University, and then Sheboygan North and Sheboygan South. So Manitowoc Lincoln, they're in a pretty good sectional. I think there's a lot of good teams in there. I don't know how far they're going to get this year. Yeah, that's certainly a good sectional. And you mentioned all those great Milwaukee teams. You mentioned Milwaukee King. You mentioned Marquette, I believe. And those are some great schools in there. And Jordan, I got the sectional. I had the 4A sectional up if you want me to read that as well. Go for it, and then we'll do three after. Just quickly mention two rivers. Yeah, because I want to mention 4A here with Valders, so that's where they find themselves this year. In D4 for the first time in, I believe, a long time. I don't even know if they ever made it to this low, but here we go. Cedar Grove, Belgium, Destiny, Dodgeland, Horicon, Howard's Grove, Kohler, Living World, Living Word Lutheran, Ozaki, Random Lake, St. Mary's Springs, Sheboygan Area Lutheran, Valders, and then Winnebago Lutheran Academy. And one thing that stands out to me right away, Sheboygan Area Lutheran moves from D5 to D4. And we know this is for basketball too. And this is, they are one very tough basketball team. So I think this, this move actually ends up hurting Valders more than helping here because they end up getting stuck in a sectional with, one of the best, like, small school teams in the state. And we know how good Howard's Grove girls team is. I mean, their boys certainly don't match that, but Sheboygan Area Lutheran, one of those kind of flip-flops back and forth. I understand the move for Valders, but like you said, kind of hurt them. It's just they got matched up in a really bad sectional. I mean, you've got 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, 1B, 2B, 3B, and 4B, and somehow Valders get stuck with a team like Sheboygan Area Lutheran. Not really good at all, but 2B is where we find some of the other teams. Roncalli and Manitowoc Lutheran are in 2B. We know there was the big Roncalli Lutheran matchup last year in the playoffs. And otherwise, in 2B, we have got Algoma, Bonduel, Coleman, Crandon, Krivitz, Manawa, Lutheran, Mishkot, Oconto, Roncalli, St. Mary Catholic, and Shiacon. So 
anything stand out there in 2B? I feel like it could be Ron Colley's for the taking. It just depends what kind of team we get surrounding Luke Pouts. Yeah, I, I think exactly. I think Ron Colley's got this sectional locked up because, I, I mean, schools like Bonwell and, like, I don't know, like Shyokton and Oconto, those schools really have not been, like, notable for their basketball teams as of late, and I especially Michigan as well. So I think for boys basketball, I think – this is Ron Colley's to lose here. I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, that it will indeed be showtime once again at Lutheran. I believe they have show this year, and I'm pretty sure they've got Ethan Menges as well. So those are two pretty big names. Mm. I don't I don't know if they have Nathaniel Lubke either or not. I'm trying to think, but I know they lost a few big ones, but I think Lutheran's got still a few guys left on this squad. We'll have to see. Can't wait for basketball time. And then briefly... Just wanted to mention D3 and Two Rivers. Drew, we covered that TR Girls game last year, so we got to give Two Rivers a little credit. They're in 2B with Sturgeon Bay, Southern Door, Sheboygan Falls, Oostburg, New Holstein, Kiel, Kiwani, Kettle Millennium, Lutheran, Denmark, Chilton, Campbell Sport, and Brilliant. So that would be a tough little block there in 2B. Yeah, and that's that's exactly where Ballers used to be. So I recognize a lot of those schools and their basketball teams. And Utsburg up to D3 as well is something I, I believe that's fairly new. So that's going to be a very competitive area there. I mean, with Brilliant, you got Jeremy Lorenz and Keel's always got some great players for their basketball team too. So this is, this is one of the toughest sectionals in D3, in my opinion. We can't wait for high school basketball to be back. Before that, though, we got football coming up very, very soon. I know the ships have quite a few Thursday night games this year, which is kind of wild, but I believe they have three of those. And then their homecoming game was the second to last game of the year. So we'll talk about high school football. Maybe I'll do that next week. If I'm on solo duty, I'll just kind of go through the schedules for the teams and stuff. We'll see. I mean, it's just an idea for now, but we'll talk all about it then. And ships obviously moving now into the normal FRCC conferences where they're split. This is the first year where they can like actually be split and um, what's Travis? I forget the guy's last name. Travis something. He's on Twitter. He always talks about Travis, not Travis Wilson. Miller. Travis, Travis Wilson. Wilson. Yes, that's the one. He was talking about it, and he said the ships, they might actually be in contention to make the playoffs. So we're going to see. I don't know. It depends how everything goes. But moving to the world of baseball now, let's do it. The Milwaukee Brewers, we'll talk about them. But first, like we said, I wanted to talk about the Cubs a little bit. So they traded basically everyone good that they have. I don't know what they were thinking. They're trying to rebuild, I guess, but they get rid of Craig Kimbrell for Cody Hewer and Nick Madrigal. Moving down the list a little more, they got rid of Javi Baez and Trevor Williams for Pete Crow Armstrong. He's only 19 years old, so that's a prospect there. They get rid of Anthony Rizzo for Kevin Alcantara and Alexander Viscano. And then they also got rid of Chris Bryant, for Alexander Caniaro and Caleb Killian. So Cubs getting rid of everyone. I mean, if you're a Cubs fan, this certainly hurts. You don't have anyone left on this team, but I guess they're just looking ahead to the future. Certainly. And I, I actually like some of the guys they got. So I'm as if I'm a Cubs fan right now, I'm looking, I don't know, four or five more years. I'm ready to compete again. I'm ready to open a new window of contention. And like they got their haul for uh, Craig Kimbrell was one that really shocked me. Again, Nick Madrigal, who is re- a really highly rated prospect, and that, that was a fairly good haul for him. And then a few of the other guys were were top 30 guys in their respective organization and also top 100 guys as well. So 
I, if I'm a Cubs fan, I would not be upset with what happened this deadline. It's just one of those things where how much patience do Cubs fans actually have? Because they're not used to being at the very bottom of the central, but that might be what we're going to see in the next two years. And who knows if they're going to plummet or not. And I've got a little breaking news to share with you right now on the podcast. I wanted to bring the Cubs up as well because I was a little upset. Labor Day weekend, I'm going to a Cubs game. It's one of my destinations to try and go to every MLB ballpark. So I'll be going to Wrigley Field on a Saturday, I believe, for when they play the Pirates. So that'll be my sixth MLB stadium, I believe, something like that. But getting up there. So I'll be going to watch a Cubs-Pirates game, two pretty bad teams, and we'll see what happens in that game. You've got to be really careful at Wrigley Field because they have these ginormous poles that are in the way. I don't know if you've ever seen anything like this before. But like, if you would sit in a certain section, they have it interactive like a virtual map on their site if you pick a seat and like say you're not really looking at anything you know you just look at section numbers and then you see section 212 row six seats one two and three you're like oh those look like some good seats right well it turns out you buy the seats you go to wrigley field you sit down there will be a gigantic pole in your way they have these huge things that are stuck there and it is one of the worst things i've ever seen you have to be so careful and smart and strategic when buying Cubs tickets. It was wild. I mean, this thing, I've seen so many reviews. A view from my seat is one of my favorite sites to look at. So many terrible reviews about someone going there, sitting down, and they literally can't see home plate because there's this gigantic pole in the way. Sometimes it'll be blocking first. I mean, sometimes blocking third. This thing was terrible, but thankfully I don't have to worry about that. Down the first baseline a little more under a thing, so there'll be some shade too, but that's coming up in just about a month, actually, a little less than at this point. Now, Brewers talk, right? We've got COVID, COVID IL, which is absolutely haunting this team. Christian Yelich is back, but they're just keeping him out a little bit yet, making sure he's 100%. This team has lost the likes of Adrian Hauser, Eric Lauer, Jake Cousins, Gustave, Strickland, Hader, and Hira. I mean, talk about some big names going down here. Not the biggest at the end of the day, but they lost a lot of relievers and two starting pitchers and the former MVP. Yeah. So what happened here is just is a tragedy, but like they're still able to win some games, even though the COVID situation, they're really getting hit hard by it. And you just got to credit guys stepping up. I mean, one guy essentially for this offense, Rowdy Telez has stepped up. I mean, the bullpen. We saw Suter step up Friday night. We saw Devin Williams um, have some big, big appearances. Brad Boxberger. Um, I would mention John Curtis and Daniel Norris, but they've still been struggling. Yeah, they, not good. Just eating up those innings. But, like, yeah, I mean, just the bullpen. I mean, we saw them lose last Tuesday solely because they were low on – they didn't have a bullpen. They literally lost because they had to bring in a guy like Blaine Hardy into a tie game. So when stuff like that happens and they also brought an expert, I don't know. Well, I know I'll mention that brought an expert. They traded for him for $1. $1. There's $1 Jordan. And I don't, it actually ended up not being worth a dollar. No, absolutely. Yeah. Let's just mention that real quick. Get it out of the way. So that eight game five, that loss last Tuesday to the pirates in extra innings, like you said, had to bring in a guy like Hardy. Certainly not suited for the position at all. It would have been a spot for Axford, but Axford the day before he came in, it was a six, nothing game. 
He gives up a run. Okay, whatever. Not a big deal. He's about 38 years old. He's aged a little bit since the last time he pitched as a brewer. And he comes in, gives up the run. And then all of a sudden, he's like holding his elbow. He comes out. And we learn a few days after, he's done for the year. I mean, this is just terribly unfortunate. We lost Hater. So we tried to bring this guy in, you know, bring him back, have a little career resurgence. One, not even a full inning, and he's done. Well, I, I see I see what Matt Arnold David Sanders are doing, Jordan. Ten and two thirds innings with the Buffalo Bisons for the uh, the Toronto Blue Jays AAA. He had a .84 ERA with 14 strikeouts. So I mean he he was good, but it was AAA. He's throwing he was throwing 97 on the fastball. So then what happened was they were like, hey, let's let's trade for this guy. Cash considerations then. One dollar was what happened. And they thought, you know, maybe, like you mentioned, a career resurgence could happen, and nope. And now the Brewers, they're paid for probably his DL, or his IL stint, so they probably lost money on this trade here. So not really uh, – ended up not being really a great trade for the for the Brewers, but what happened then when they had to bring Axford in, and then he left with injury, they had to bring Brad Boxberger in, and then he wasn't available that Tuesday, and then a guy like Blaine Hardy comes in instead. So a lot of fans were upset. They were – they said that, hey, this happened, so now this caused us to lose, which I don't know if you can really say that, but just a tough situation that Craig Council's put in, and just just that's what COVID does, puts you in tough situations. Shout out to Craig Council. 500 wins as a brewer. He hit that on Friday night, which is huge, and can't say enough good things about the guy and how he manages the team. Sure, he made some questionable decisions once in a while, but at the end of the day, I didn't mind the Axford move, and I think they're doing the best they can with everyone on COVID. And speaking of decisions, let's talk about the Friday night game. We're recording Saturday morning, so this is the most recent big game we can talk about. I'll mention the week real quick. They beat the Pirates 6-2 and 4-2, and then they lost 8-5. As we said, a 2-1 win over the Giants on Friday night. Again, another game. One run, it's decided by, went into extra innings. Devin Williams has been fantastic. I mean, he's playing the Josh Hader role. He's only going three outs. He has been doing so, so well. It's almost like him and Hader flip-flopped, right? Williams started off the year kind of rough, wasn't doing the best. Hader was absolutely spectacular. And then lately, Hader's been a little rocky. I think, though, Drew, at this point, we can just talk that chalk that up to he's not pitching that regularly. So when he finally comes in, He's just not being himself, but still giving up two runs, whatever. Not the end of the de- not the end of the world. Devin Williams has been doing fantastic. And in this two one one game, top of the tenth inning, Brent Suter comes into the game. And I know a lot of people aren't fans of Suter, but I tweeted it out. I was ready for it. Nine pitches, three outs. Suter gets out of the inning. No one can take that away from him. That is fantastic. Yeah, I know Rowdy Tull has got a lot of credit for this win, which, I mean, makes sense. He had the game-winning hit, but I think Brent Suter really needs really needs the same credit, and if not more, for what he did, because that run on second is usually a guaranteed run, so if you're not scoring that run, that puts the home team at, and I don't even know what the odds would be, just like phenomenal odds to win the game, though. Probably like 80 to 90% to win the game because it's so easy to get that run home from second with nobody out because with the bunt, you could bunt, sack fly. There's just a lot of ways you could advance the runner to third with one out, and then the odds of getting that runner from third to home are just really phenomenally high. So, oh, 
Yeah, that win probability goes way up. You got three outs to get a runner, two bases. All you got to do is get a base hit. Rowdy Telez did just that. And when you said sack fly, it made me think last night, which is actually Friday night, Manitowoc Bandits had a 14 to 1 win over Casco. There were a few sack flies in that game. In one inning, they had three hits and seven runs, seven runs on three hits. Huge win there. Game three between Ashwabanon and Denmark and Manitowoc and Casco was this past Saturday night. So by now, we will know who is playing in the championship game. Manitowoc Bandits looking to three-peat as the Shoreland League champions. It might be my final year for the Bandits as well, but Manti Bandits follow on Twitter. I always give live updates during the game. Last night was crazy. That's enough Bandits. Brewers real quick. Before we get to the upcoming week, let's talk about next year. Why don't we? The 2022 schedule has been released. And in the email here, there's a few big things I wanted to touch on. So opening day against the Diamondbacks. And it's on a Thursday, March 31st. I'm sure you'll be going to that, huh? I'll be skipping school. Yeah, absolutely. Got to go to opening day on Thursday, March 31st. And number two, it says, An ultra-exciting interleague slate against the AL East. Home matchups against the Rays, the Blue Jays, and the Yankees. We get the Yankees at home. Those are going to be some high-ticket games. Yeah, I'm actually really excited. I want to try to get a ticket for one of those Yankee games, Jordan, because I think that'll be some good fun. I don't really know what day of the week those games are on. I can try and take a look here real quick. An Independence Day rivalry battle against the Cubs on July 4th. So hosting the Cubs on the 4th, I don't think it'll be a competitive game at this point anymore, but still hosting the Cubs on July 4th, that'll be a ton of fun. There's nothing better than a 4th of July baseball game. I'm looking at the schedule and through May, there's still no Yankees on here. There's the Rays, a two-game series at the end of June. Uh, Yankees, there's a two-game twin series here. That, that Oh, look at that. A six-game own stand in the middle of July. Dodgers, they host the Dodgers for four games in the middle of August. Now we move to September. Here it is. Oh, boy. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday against the Yankees. A 1-10 Sunday game against the Yankees on September 18th. So you couldn't ask for three better days to host the Yankees. And last thing says we have a marquee month of June matchups against the Padres, Phillies, Cardinals, and Blue Jays. So that's a pretty big month of June. 2022 schedule is set. It is confirmed. And you know what else is confirmed? The promotional schedule. Drew, you got some of these. This is one of our new fun things to do. You talked about some of them last week. You got yourself a cooler bag. I mean, that's beautiful. And now here we are. What do we got? Yeah, so actually Saturday, August 7th, when you mentioned the cooler bag. And you also get a, a baseball card because it's National Baseball Card Day Saturday. So Sweet. happy late National Baseball Card Day to everyone. But I'll be actually at that game. So I'm going to get some of those. I'll be getting a cooler bag. I'll be getting a baseball card. But we'll probably have some good deals on signed cards or something. You never know. I hope they do. And then uh, yesterday's game, there's a Christian Yelich 30 stolen base bobblehead. And then coming up the weekend of the 20th, 21st, and 22nd. So that's two weekends, two weeks away. It is 2000s weekend in Milwaukee. You get a Brewers shirt Friday. You get a 
a jersey for the the Cerveceros. So that's the brewer's name in Spanish then. And then you also get a brewer's coupon book that Saturday, 305 game. And then Sunday, August 22nd, you get a Ben Sheets bobblehead. Oh, yes. I did see that advertised last night. It doesn't get any more 2000s than that. So that'll be exciting. And then when 2010, 2010's weekend comes in September, we'll be reading those all for you. And trust me, there are some good things coming, coming the way our way for that. Is that the Ryan Braun bobblehead? Yeah, and it's a good-looking bobblehead. Ah, yeah, I bet it is. Ryan Braun, talk about a brewer that we'll never forget. So Saturday and Sunday, Brewers Prediction Challenge, we have to correct ourselves. It is 8-7. I currently lead, but it most likely will be tie unless the Brewers lost on both Saturday and Sunday. So if the Brewers win just one game, either Saturday or Sunday, it'll be 8-8, eight to eight, and we will have ourselves a good old-fashioned tie, which is crazy knowing how well I was doing. But the week ahead, August 9th through the 15th, a seven-game slate. There are no off days. 7.05, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at the Wrigley Field. 1.20 for a Thursday afternoon game at the Cubs. And then we've got 6.05, 6.05, and then 12.05 at Pittsburgh. So a lot of big games, seven games on the road this week. NL Central doing battle. Once again, Brewers at the time of recording are seven games up on the Reds. So, Drew, it's most likely a tie ball game at this point. I am going to have to do something that I don't really want to do, but it might pay off in the end. I'm going about as bold as you'll see, six and one. That's what I was going to do, Jordan. But really? Um, I like them this week, too. I'll be actually at that game in Pittsburgh on Friday, so I'll be there. Um, I'm going to go five and two. Five and two. Okay. That I mean, that's kind of what you have to do. There's no way you're predicting seven and oh, this way you're covered. I get the six and one or seven and oh, you get five and two and under. I mean, you've got a lot of options there to win and maybe take the lead. I don't know, but we'll see about that. So Brewers, that wraps things up for there. And now I guess we're going to talk about some free agency. We'll talk about the Bucks in a minute, but first I just wanted to go over some other big names in the free agency. Can we talk about these Lakers real quick? You want to talk about a super team? Lakers got one. Yeah, I mean, they've certainly accumulated a lot of pieces so far these this past week. So you want to mention all the names? Uh, it's crazy. I mean, first of all, I, as soon as I saw Russ was going to the Lakers, I gave up on basketball. That's ridiculous. I really hope they finished like third in their division because it's unreal. I don't, I, I don't like that trade either for the Lakers. I think that actually hurt no. them because they lost. Like they gave up like KCP. They gave some valuable perimeter shooters to surround with like with for LeBron James and AD and now Russell Russell Westbrook's not an efficient and efficient shooter he's more of I mean he's a team player so he'll certainly fit well with that but like you're not gonna get a 40% clip from him from three you're gonna get like a 30% so you're really losing losing a good perimeter shooter there and yeah I don't I don't know how that's gonna work with those three and then they bring in old man Carmelo Anthony, who people are saying is going to get a ring before Chris Paul. And what else? They they got a big man too, right? Or uh, I'm not sure who. I thought they did, but I don't know for sure. But either way, I mean, you've got LeBron, AD, Carmelo, Ross. Like it's insane what these guys have. And at the end of the day, I am not a fan of that Laker team whatsoever. 
Chris Paul has re-signed with the Suns a four-year, $120 million deal. Is this too much money for Chris Paul this late in his career? Um, I think it is, but like he wanted a long-term deal to kind of lock him up until he's 40. So, I mean, he got it. So, I I guess it, it was okay, but like they're taking a risk of – you know, of regression, of injury. So, I mean, hope for Phoenix's case, I mean, hopefully it pays off, but I'm not sure here. I mean, obviously he did great things for the Suns this year. They made it so far in the playoffs, almost won. But at the end of the day, it's just, I don't think $120 million is good for a guy like Chris Paul. Kyle Lowry to the Heat, three years, $90 million. Mike Conley, you're not a fan of that Kyle Lowry trade? That Kyle Kyle Lowry signing is bad because the guy you're you are about to read next is just as good as him, and you can read it. Mike Conley, three years, sixty-eight million, and Lowry got ninety million for three years. Yeah, he's not. I I don't. I think they're both very similar um, players, and I think I'd rather take Conley for sixty-seven point five than Lowry for ninety. So yikes. You're talking $23 million. I mean, that's not pocket change. In this next one, I'm not a fan of it at all. DeMar DeRozan to the Bulls, three years, $85 million. They're just giving away money at this point. Yeah, that was that one is not good either. And plus, it was a sign-in trade, Jordan. So they gave up guys, too. They yeah, gave that's up ridiculous. Thaddeus Young, Alpha Rucamino, a protected first-round pick, a two-second-round picks to the Spurs. And on top of that, they... The, nearly $30 million a season goes to DeMar Rosen in that contract, and he is not worth that money. I mean, maybe if we're talking a four, a four or five-year $85 million, I could live with that, but a three-year $85 million, this this is by far the worst free agent signing so far, I think, in the, or in the free agency period so far. I agree, and we'll talk about Lonzo coming up as well. Bulls giving away a lot, a lot of money. Here's one that I think is worth it. John Collins to the Hawks. Five years, $125 million. At the end of the day, still a lot of money. But this guy, John Collins, we saw it in the playoffs too especially. He really just done a ton of good things for this team, and I think this will be worth it. Yeah, that was technically – or that was, that was totally a well-worth signing for the Atlanta Hawks there. Great great pickup. So, Alonzo Ball, here it is. Four years, $85 million. The site I'm looking at gives this an A- minus as the grade. I don't know if I would go that high, but – Four years, $85 million. Lonzo Ball still on the way up in the league. I don't know. Maybe he'll earn it after a few years, but I don't think right away he's going to make an immediate impact on the Bulls. Yeah, I agree with you, Jordan. I don't – this Bulls team right now, I think they're not – I think they're a six, seven, or 8 seed right now even. With even spending all this money, they're going to be – I think they're first-round exit in the playoffs. So I'm really baffled by what they're doing. I mean, they're trying to compete – at a time when there's not really a window open to compete with teams like the Bucks, the Nets in the East. I don't I don't know what, what they're doing. And the Miami Heat too baffled me as well with the extension they signed with Jimmy Butler. Did you see that one? Oh yeah, but I I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Four years, one hundred and eighty four million nuts. Yeah. Duncan Robinson. I didn't, yeah. I didn't think it was actually that much. I thought it was like one fifty, but still that's like I said, they're just giving away money it is crazy how high these contracts are yeah duncan robinson five-year 90 million and i mean these guys are these guys are like the top players for the for the heat but like i'm not sure here i think 
they're, I mean, they're spending a lot. They're in it to win it here. And I mean, this team's certainly better than that Bulls team, but they've spent a lot of money with guys like Robinson, Butler, and also um, Lowry. So I, I'm not sure here. And Duncan Robinson is not worth $90 million. I'm sorry, but there's no way. So I'm just going to speed through some of these other ones here. You can cut me off if there's anything you want to say. Reggie Jackson to the Clippers, two years, $22 million, So finally a little smaller contract there. Spencer Dewitty to the Wizards, three years, $62 million. Evan Fournier to the Knicks, the former Celtic, four years, $78 million. I'm not a fan of that one at all. Tim Hardaway is now a Maverick, four years, $72 million. Andre Drummond to the Sixers on a one-year deal. Here's the Duncan Robinson one, as we talked about. D. Rose is now a Nick, and I just got to ask, what are your thoughts on giving D. Rose $43 million for three years? I mean, he's proven, I, I know injury issues and injury history, but he's proven to be a solid player off the bench for the Knicks. So I think I think if the Knicks want to be in it to win it in this really tight East, I, I, I think that that's the right move they got to make. Caruso is a bull as well. He got $37 million for four years. So finally, the Bulls are like actually getting longer deals for smaller amounts of money. So the Lakers got rid of Caruso there. Blake Griffin, one-year deal with the Nets. And Jared Allen, Cavaliers, five years, $100 million for Jared Allen. Norman Powell to the Trailblazers, five years, $90 million. Here's one I really, really like. Campaign to the Suns, three years. 19 million that's a no-brainer absolute steal i mean we watched him play in the finals and that was very generous to let the suns give him that offer and accept that so good for the suns there and i mean when we talk about the bucks we got some we got some very generous signings too yeah let's do it right now let's go right into it i'm not going to read through this entire list but coming up like two people down was bobby portis he has signed an extension with the bucks but before we get to the extensions Let's talk about P.J. Tucker. He is gone. Tucker is going to the Heat. $15 million for two years. Bucks just didn't have the room to pay him, and I don't think P.J. Tucker is worth $15 million either. I mean, he he came up big in the finals and like in the playoffs in general. Like He, start, he started when DiVincenzo was out, but he, he if you saw him, his Twitter or Instagram, he was very upset with the offer he got from the Bucks. so he felt it was – it was time for him to move on. So that, w- that was sad there, but um, they were able to get some good guys to replace, replace him and Forbes also, because Forbes went to, back to the Spurs. So I, should I start reading the names here? Go for it. I was just going to say Forbes is just a three-point guy. He's either hot or he's not. So, I mean, oh, Vincenzo back, not missing a whole lot. They got his replacement, yeah. Um, well, the first big one that happened right away, Bobby Portis re-signs with Milwaukee Bucks. Two years, nine million. He was worth. He could have easily went to another team and got starter money. Like he made ten to twelve million a year. And I was going to say he could make nine at one year. Yeah, he he took a massive pay cut here just to stay with the Bucks. So I think that was one of the best signings of the free agency so far. Even though it was a two-year, nine million dollar deal, and then the Bucks had to fill some other roster spots. So what they did, they got. Semi Ojale from the Boston Celtics on a minimum deal. And I mean, he's he shot 37.2% from three the past two seasons, which is fairly nice percentage. So 
He just needs to be a stronger and more yet more physical defender so he can make a better impact on the Bucks, as we know they're a strong defensive team. And then another signing that happened, Rodney Hood. He joined the Bucks, and he's he's a guy who's known for his shooting as well. But he, I mean, he tore his right Achilles tendon a few years back. So hopefully, I mean, that doesn't really that doesn't hinder his performance. But I think he would be a solid rotation player, kind of like when Torrey Craig was on the Bucks. Like last year, I don't you remember that? So a little bit, yeah. I think he's kind of would fit in that role as well. But then back, we got another, we got a re-signing here, or I guess a reunion. Um, George Hill, he comes back on a minimum deal as well, and he was big for the Bucks, as we know. And then he got shipped off to New Orleans for the Drew Holiday trade, and now he's back. So welcome back, George Hill. And anything you want to mention about those guys, Jordan? Not really. I think overall, pretty good moves for the Bucks team. I don't think they lost a whole lot, but I think they gained quite a bit. I mean, like we said, you're losing Tucker and Forbes, but you can live with both of those guys, especially with some of the people they just got. And also, did you see the Bobby, Bobby, Bobby shirt they released on the new Bucks shop? That thing, I mean, it's super basic, black shirt, white letters, but still, yeah. that thing is awesome. And I did want to say I have seen quite a few comparisons. Rowdy Telez is the Bobby Portis of the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. I mean, you got Rowdy, Rowdy, you got Bobby. So, yeah, I saw like, uh, yeah, I saw like Rowdy, Rowdy and Bobby Portis. I saw like Rowdy Portis or something, and they're trying to like get them to like collab together as the fan favorites. Don't do that. That's bad. Yeah, that, that was certainly an interesting thing I saw on Twitter. But did you hear about this Grayson Allen trade, Jordan? Vaguely, yes. So I, I'm just going to talk about it because I think it's... This it's is the Sam Merrill big, one, right? Yep. Yeah. And I I did more research into it. I had a, You know, this trade is not terrible, but I don't know if it was certainly the best move the Bucks could have made. They traded Sam Merrill, two future second-round picks to the Grizzlies for a guard, Grayson Allen. And, I mean, Grayson Allen, he's known for being a dirty player. He's kind of, he's kind of a talker and... I mean, in that sense, I, a lot of people weren't really happy with that. But, I mean, this guy, he can shoot. So, that's kind of what they wanted. He's 25 years old. He averaged – he started 38 games for the Grizzlies last year. He put up 10.6 points a game, 3.2 rebounds, 2.2 assists. And what he's known for, Jordan, is something the Bucks really like, shooting. He shot 4.73 a game, and he made 39.5% of them, so near 40% clips. So, that's that's very valuable for the Bucks. I mean, a floor spacer – when you shared the floor with like a guy like Giannis, I mean, that's really what you want, but um, yeah, he's known for his antics on the court, which I mentioned. And I mean, six, I mean, four he, as well. Yeah. And he comes from Duke. So like, you're going to certainly expect that guy's a little cocky Tripping. in his brain. Yeah. That everyone knows about that first article. When I type in Grayson Allen, why Grayson Allen to the bucks is a trade you should like not hate. So, Hey, I mean, it's, it's one of those things though. People think he doesn't really fit the team because we don't have any trash talkers. We are known for that kind of thing. So it's going to take a while. Maybe it'll humble him a little bit playing alongside some of these guys. I don't know. Yeah. And I, one thing I am kind of concerned with now is DiVincenzo's like spot in the rotation. I mean, I think he's still going to be a clear cut starter next year, but soon they're going to have to pay DiVincenzo some money. It's almost getting to that time. So I think it's a chance we see. Possibly a sign-in trade with another team. We see him get traded during the season, maybe even in this offseason. Like I think they're prepping to like kind of 
I mean, he's replaceable is what this past postseason showed. I mean, they had him for the Heat Series for like two games, and then he goes down, he's out for the postseason, Bucks win it all. And I'm not saying, like, I think the Bucks would have won it all even if he played, but he's certainly replaceable is kind of what this postseason showed. I was going to say the exact same thing. If you still went and win a championship without him, as he's been a starter whole year, kind of crazy and kind of proves not that you don't need him, but you've got the guys on your team that are able to back up for him and play. And we were seeing Pat Connaughton wasn't playing well in every game. Bryn Forbes wasn't shooting the best. So it's not like everyone was hot in the postseason. It's just we had the right guys step up at the right time. DiVincenzo wasn't a part of that at the end of the day. Any other Bucks things we got to mention? I think we hit all the big free agency things. And yeah, I mean, we'll hopefully have some more updates next week with the Bucks and other NBA teams. A lot of moving parts, and we didn't cover them all. The last one I did want to mention that I just thought of, Kemba Walker is no longer a Boston Celtic. I'm totally fine with it. One of my big problems with the Celtics is they're trying to get too many named guys surrounding Jason Tatum. They tried it with Kyrie, which went absolutely terrible. He tanked us. And then Kemba, he was all right this year, but not the best. Just let Jason Tatum be your star and lead this team. You don't need another big name around him. It's, I mean, sure, they're Boston, big market, big team got money but at the end of the day don't force it just let Tatum be himself and I think he's going to be maybe a potential MVP candidate coming up this year I think he's got the talent in him I put that on the record right now I think the Celtics team is going to make a heck of a rebound year and they're going to come back and do just fine but the Bucs I don't know their chance to go back to back after free agency what do you think and I think it's still up there I think it's certainly up there I think the team that still rivals them the most in the East is going to be the Nets I think that's the hump that you got to get over if you really want to if you want to go back to back. And I also think we did survive not having to play the Sixers, but we're not going to complain about that whatsoever. What we are going to complain about is Drew going 0 for 5 in trivia this week. I just got to say, Clay, 10 of 10 last week. And Drew, I know what you were doing. That was a fan duel. That was a DraftKings trivia thing that you read off of, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I made that clear that I was going to do that on an episode before, but... Yeah, yeah, I, I wanted I wanted to see if how if he remembered what happened in the draft to prove if he was actually watching or not. And of course, it's the Bucks believer. He was obviously watching. Oh, of yeah. course he was. And we've done DraftKings pools as well. They're a lot of fun. Nice little change of pace. We might have to do one next week so we can get to 50. This is the second to last week here in season two of trivia. It's been a lot. Drew is 24 of 40 here in season two. And now video game cover athletes is the final one. Let's get right into it. First question, pretty easy, should be able to nail it. Who is on the cover of MLB The Show 2021? Fernando Tatis Jr. Beautiful. Had to get that one right. Nice, easy way to start. Now it's going to get a little harder. NBA Live is a video game that I wouldn't say rivals NBA 2K, but EA Sports puts out their NBA Live. They made a return in 2018. Do you know who the cover athlete was of that return? It was Joel Embiid, right? Oh, it was James Harden. <sighs> Joel Embiid was the year before, I think. Let me look. Joel Embiid, NBA or video game cover. I will make sure. I don't know if they're, he's the year after 2019. Come so on. You got it. You were very, very close. But at the end of the day, 2019 is not 20. 18. So one of two to start this next one. I think it's kind of an iconic cover 
and I got this game for the Wii, actually. Madden 25. So that was released in 2013. What Adrian legend? Peterson. He was on one of them. But I was, I was asking for Barry Sanders, but I'll let's listen. Madden 25. I think there was an alternate cover, though. Let me look. Yes, he was on there, so I'll give it to you. I was asking for the legend, but Adrian Peterson will work. We'll give it to you. Don't worry about it. You're two of three to start. There's like with all these extra things like legends edition and this and that there's a ton of different things my we has barry sanders on the cover but don't worry about it you're two of three you still got that one right this next one is tough i don't even know the exact number however we're going true or false tiger woods has been on over 10 video games as the cover athlete true it is indeed true he has his own video game series, and from what I could count, I was at 13 or 14, and there might even be more than that. I mean, Tiger Woods has been all over these covers. Final question. This one is tough, and that's why I put it at number five. What year was Brett Favre on the cover for Madden? Oh, um, I'm going to say... Do you want some options? I can give you some options. This one is tough. Yeah, I like options. What year was Brett Favre on the cover? I haven't given you options yet, so it's only fitting I do. Was it 2007, 2009, or 2010? He He was on the cover as a Packer, if that helps. 2007. 2009, it was. It was a few years later. Brett Favre was on the cover, but hey. Not a bad round of trivia at all. Three of five. It's basically your regular at this point. So 27 of 45 here in trivia season two. Let's look at how you did in trivia season one. That Adrian Peterson one, don't we got it. You got that trivia correct. As I open season one here, you were 30 of 50. So as long as you get a three of five next week, or the week after, whatever happens, you will be tie going 30 of 50 in both sets of trivia. At the end of the day, we're going to figure out what happens next week, and that's everything. So that wraps it up. Episode 22, anything else we wanted to mention this week? No, we got it all. I mean, just got to shoot for a 3 of 5, and then you're 30 of 50 in both sets of trivia. So that wraps it up, guys. Wisconsin Sports Heroics, my first article on there. I don't know when I'll put the second one out but it'll be out soon. Fantasy football, please join our league. Prize will be given away. Speaking of prizes, the shirts, guys, if they're not here by this week, I don't know what we are going to do, but that would be absolutely ridiculous. Like I said, thankfully, we haven't put the money down yet. Don't give it to them until the shirts are made. And it's, I mean, these things have been pushed back so many times. I haven't even been updated at all. I've had to call to get an update. If you ordered a sticker, don't worry. We've got the stickers here as well. They're all going to be given out very, very soon. Drew and I will have a Saturday where we just drive around and get everything out. But at this rate, I don't even know if they'll be here before Drew leaves for college. So thank you all for listening to this episode. Drew, shout yourself out. Instagram, Twitter, you know the drill. Drew Skyver, D-R-E-W, S-K-Y-B-E-R-G. Yes, that is it. Jordan Law underscore P-X-P for my Twitter as well. And we're on Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. Facebook, Jordan Drew the sports crew. Like us, join the Facebook group on there. 
That's it. YouTube, Jordan Drew, the Sports Crew, Apple Podcasts, follow, leave the five-star review. Thank you all for listening to episode 22 of Jordan and Drew, the Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you.